The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. Everybody, it's just a joy to be here today. And for those that that don't know me, I'm John Weber, and I serve on the leadership team here. And and I was asked a few weeks ago when when Joel was planning to be away on the, the mission trip to take this service and just bring the word today. And so we're going to be taking a second and, um, well, more than a second. We're going to take some time and look into Acts. One thing that's great about Crestmont is, is that we have a preaching schedule. And I've been at different churches and whatnot that did not have a preaching schedule. And so, so the preaching schedule gives you kind of a place to be. And sometimes as a preacher, it's not the most comfortable place to be because you're thinking, well, this is really not the scripture I would have chosen. But God has chosen this, and it's a timely scripture that we're going to be in Acts chapter 15. And as I was praying and thinking and praying and studying and praying and thinking and studying about this service today, you know, I, I was, w- was putting things together and, and just seeking the Lord. And, and I always usually like to have a catchy intro. And the Lord hasn't given me a catchy intro today. But I do know one thing. It is not by accident that you're here today. It is not by accident that you've come through these doors today. You might be here today because your spouse wanted you to be here. You might be here today because your parent wanted you to be here. But more than anything, God wanted you to be here today. And I believe as we get into the word today that God has a particular message for you. He wants to speak to each of you today. And the choice you have today is to hear. And so today, no matter what reason you're here, no matter what brought you here today, I just want us to pray that God speaks and that we receive and that we hear. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your great love. I thank you for these next uh, moments, Lord. Lord God, I thank you for just the tremendous worship and prayer that we've had so far today. And Lord God, already you have been stirring hearts. Already you have had your thumb on people's lives. Already today you've shared love. And we rejoice in that. And we just pray that you continue in this time and draw us into a deeper place of relationship with you as we proceed. Amen. Amen. Um, We're going to be reading from Acts chapter 15. And um, it's going to be on the screen. It is on the screen. And so if you can stand with me as we read uh, the word today. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. 
But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who departed from them in, in I never could say this right, pamphlet, whatever, and, and not gone on with them in the work. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia and strengthened the churches. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, we got here this scripture, this story that's going on, and just to set some background, um, uh, Pastor Joel preached in the, the beginning of this chapter about the, the council in Jerusalem uh, last, last week. And what has gone on so far in Acts is that, that we see Paul being called and Barnabas being the encourager, and, and they are, have gone on one missionary trip, and then Paul and Barnabas together went on a trip to Jerusalem, to the council of Jerusalem. And they have just come back from the Council of Jerusalem, and, and this, this incident happens. And who are the characters in this incident? We have Paul. Paul, he's an apostle extraordinaire. Paul goes on and writes many books of the New Testament. His epistles are, are something that are very encouraging. In our Sunday school, we've been going through the epistles of Paul. I mean, he is... Um, just a tremendous force in the church. Barnabas is an encourager. Barnabas, when everybody else was scared of Paul, everybody else thought Paul was out to kill them and that he really wasn't converted, that it was a ploy so he could destroy the church. Everyone else thought that. They didn't want even to come near Paul. But Barnabas came and encouraged him. Barnabas came alongside him. Barnabas gave him introductions. And Barnabas was the one who, who brought Paul into the church, in the New Testament church. Now, an interesting thing also about Barnabas, Barnabas, tradition tells us, was one of the 70. So he was with Jesus, and he was one of the 70 that Jesus had sent out. This is what tradition tells us. And then we have Mark. Mark is a young man. Mark is Barnabas' cousin, and Barnabas and Mark is also what the scripture. I mean, the tradition tells us he is also one of these seventy, and 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 Mark, he in the future he's known as Mark the Evangelist. He is the the future author of the Gospel of Mark, and so then we have Silas. Silas in the scripture tells us Silas was a prophet. Earlier in Acts, Silas is mentioned as, as he's lead among the brethren. So here in this story, we have some heavy hitters of the New Testament church. I mean, these are, are men that love God, men that are after God's heart, men that are committed to God, men that are facing possible death. These are not just someone who's just come on the scene. And we come to this portion of the story where they have a disagreement. And this is the disagreement. See, John Mark 
was with Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. And he got to Cyprus and went home. Doesn't even say why he went home. It just says that in the scripture that he left, he went home. He went on his way. But when it comes to the second journey, when it comes to the second journey, basically Paul's like, I don't want the quitter with me. Really, that's what it keeps, comes out to. You know, he's like, I don't want him because he's a quitter. And it got so harsh and so divisive that they decided to split. And, and Paul took Silas and Barnabas took Mark. And it's interesting, where did uh, Barnabas and Mark go to? They went to Cyprus. That's the place he quit at. So they went. Now, they went on their ways. Now, from that point on, the book of Acts, Barnabas is not mentioned in the book of Acts anymore. Okay? And, and a lot of times when you read that, you think, okay, well, here the book of Acts goes on and follows Paul and Silas. So Paul must have been right. But that is not the right way of looking at it. Because the book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke was a later companion to, to Paul. And so he's writing the book of Acts. And where is he getting the information from? He's getting it from Paul. He does not know the rest of, of, of Barnabas and Mark's story. So for us to say, well, just because because we don't hear much more about, about uh, Barnabas and Mark, it means that, it, it, it was, that, that Paul was right. I don't think Paul was right. I don't think Barnabas was right. I don't think Paul was wrong. I don't think Barnabas was wrong. I think God wanted to start another circle. Okay? God wanted to start another circle. And tradition tells us that not only that, that, that Barnabas and Mark had valid ministry, they had powerful ministry. And tradition tells us that Barnabas became the head of the church in Cyprus and later was martyred by stoning. We know also that, that, that Mark went on and wrote the gospel. In fact, the gospel of Mark, a lot of, a lot of scholars believe, was the first gospel and, and other, like Luke, copied off of it. Matthew copied off of it. Well, John, my namesake, he was on his own wavelength. He didn't copy off anyone. He just said his, he did his own thing. But the other two Gospels, Mark and, and Luke and Matthew, they're all connected, and they sell, tell similar stories in different ways. So we see this whole division happening. They split up. And, 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 and I look at this, and I think, how can we learn today? What lessons, what lessons today we can learn from this whole situation? In my study Bible that I really like, I don't have it here because it's the original King James. The new King James is a little easier to preach from and read from. But my study Bible is, 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 has notes in it by a man named Donald Stamp. And uh, some people might see this study Bible today because it's now 
being published. It used to be the Full Life Study Bible. Now it's been published as the Fire Bible. So if you see a fire, fire Bible, study Bible, I recommend it. It's a nice study Bible. Anyway, that's a little commercial. But he wrote, he wrote these words, and I just want to read a quote when he talks about this situation. At times, disagreements will occur among believers who love the Lord and one another. When these things cannot be resolved, it's best to agree to disagree, and let God work his will in the lives of all those who are concerned. Listen, in the church, there are going to be people that love God, they love you, but they don't agree with you. And we are going to be faced with this in our lives. I love Crestmont for this one, well, a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that when we started coming to Crestmont, that it was like, wow, this is this is a good place, is this idea of family on mission. It wasn't just Pastor Joel who was on mission. It wasn't just Pastor John that was on mission or Pastor Steve that was on mission. All the time we hear in the church that we're a family on mission. And I truly believe that, that each one of us here, no matter why you're here today, that God has a mission for you. And we cannot allow disagreements hinder the mission. Because people love God but still can have a difference of opinion. Okay, do not let disagreements derail your mission. You have a mission. You cannot allow disagreements to sidetrack that mission. I I was on a church staff. And this church had four full-time pastors. And everyone seemed in, in, in this, this pastoral staff had opinions. And we had staff meetings. And to be honest, we could not agree on anything. Our staff meetings were so full of disagreement. We were there six years, and truly it was a really fruitful time in ministry. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I've seen people set free. I've had deliverance in my life during that time. But we, as a staff, we couldn't agree. It was, it was always some disagreement about the next step or what we should do next. I mean... Uh, the lead pastor there, he loved golf. And so sometimes we had staff meetings where we'd go on the golf course. We could not even agree on how many mulligans we should have. <laughs> I mean, there was no agreement. However, we committed is that once the decision was made, that we would say, this is the way we're going to go. And, 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 and we saw... a a very vibrant, growing time in in that church. We cannot let disagreements derail what God wants to do. But the problem is, some people, some of, when I was there, I was there six years, and and we had probably um, three worship pastors in that time and three youth pastors in that time. Because 
there was such tension that people didn't know what to do with it. And this is what God taught me at this time to do with this disagreement as even though in the church, this church was in revival. I mean, people were coming everywhere to this church. God was doing some amazing things. And, and, but in the staff meeting, there was just so many disagreements. This is what God really had taught me at this time through this, is that it's important that I'm in alignment. Not with the decision, not that I'm in alignment with the senior pastor or another pastor on staff. It's important that I'm in alignment with God. That I'm in alignment with God. So when we look at disagreements, we have to say, it doesn't matter what that person thinks or decision that's made. I have to be in alignment with God. And what happens is when we get stuck on a disagreement, it's usually in our mind, our will, and emotion. And our mind and will and emotion is not the Spirit of God. Our mind and will and emotion is not what's born again in our life. Our spirit's born again. And so, so often I had to say, you know, Lord, let, let those things go. My emotion needs to line up with God's emotion. My will needs to line up with God's will. My mind needs to line up with God's mind. There's this alignment that needs to happen. And if you hold on to those disagreements, your ministry will be derailed. And if you let those things go, your ministry goes on. So do not let disagreement derail. And we see this in the story. They went on. They separated. They went on and had both groups had very, 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 very effective ministry. And why does sometimes we go on and, and, and we might do something different at a later day? You might have an idea that someone disagrees with, and it might not be for that church. It might not be for that circle. But God might bring that up at another time in another circle, and God may use it in a powerful way. You have a mission. Don't let someone else's opinion set you up. Do not allow people's opinion of you personally disqualify you from the mission. When you hear this story, how about John Mark? He was the reason, you know, Paul, apostle extraordinary, didn't, thought he was a quitter. John Mark did not allow that to disqualify him. Paul was a man of God. Paul loved God. Paul loved the church. We see that all in his writings. John Mark did not allow Paul's opinion to, 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 to disqualify him from mission. He went on and was an effective minister. He was an effective minister. You know, Silly things. Words that are, people speak over us sometimes hang on to us. And, and, and we hold on to them. And we have to, 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 to let go words that have been told upon us. 
I remember, I still remember this. When I was um, in elementary school, I was being all happy and singing in the house. And my dad said, man, you can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's true. Really, I, you don't want me up here singing. But the reality is, I quit singing out loud. I didn't want to sing out loud after that. It's silly looking back at it, just because it was, my dad was actually being humorous, you know. That, he, he had this very interesting sense of humor, but um, <laughs> that was his joke. And he never thought of it again. But they, we're talking years, and I still think of it sometimes. So whatever's been spoken over you, that's not important. What God speaks over you is important. You know, I grew up, I was, was always overweight. I had to shop in the husky section. I don't even know if they have husky sections anymore. But when I was a kid, they had a husky section. You know, and I, I allowed those words to get to me for a while. But the reality is, that's not what God thinks of me. God thinks of me as a man of God. God thinks of you as a man of God. God thinks of you as a woman of God. He sees what you are in Jesus. He sees not what you did this morning. He sees what you can become. So here Paul looked at Mark and said, he's a quitter. But God said to Mark, I got something for you. You're an evangelist. I got something for you, Mark. You're going to write the gospel of Mark. And I tell you, the gospel of Mark is my favorite book to give someone who's never written the Bible. If someone has never read the Bible and comes to you and say, oh, what should I read? Don't tell them Genesis. Tell, don't tell them John either because, you know, unless they're a poet, they might get lost. Tell them Mark. And if you read Mark, it's amazing. Jesus is so cool in Mark. Yeah, but Mark, he's, still, he's casting out demons. He's healing people. I mean, he does those in other books. But if you would read Mark and just count all the miracles, it's like, wow. That's the Jesus I want to follow is the Jesus of Mark. I don't want to necessarily follow the Jesus of the Old Testament. Now, I think we should read the Old Testament. I'm not saying not to read the Old Testament. But if you're saying the very first book that you want someone to read, if someone's never read the Bible before, tell them to read the book of Mark. It is exciting. It is exciting. So this is what God had spoke to Mark. And Mark didn't give up. He went with Barnabas. He didn't say, well, I'm, go I'm not going to quit. I mean, I mean, he didn't defend it. Well, we don't know everything that goes, goes, went on behind the scene in the contention. But they went, and, and God used them. Do not let people's opinion disqualify you. Now, there's some people's opinion that aren't worth anything. There's people's opinion that are worth something. And, and we would want men and women of God to think highly of us. However, sometimes 
people aren't going to think highly of you. And it doesn't mean that they're not righteous or unrighteous. It's just that that's not where God's leading them at the time. So you might not be picked for something at church or, you, you know, something might happen. Don't let that bother you. Get back in alignment with the Lord and say, I have a mission and I am going to see it completed. Do not let disagreements destroy relationships. Do not let disagreements destroy relationships. Over and over, I've heard stories of churches that have been disrupted by the decorations in the sanctuary. You know, little disagreements like that we laugh at. But there's little disagreements that spoil relationships through our lives. We need to be bigger than those disagreements. We need to let those disagreements go. And you know what? Sometimes we want someone to come and apologize to us. That's the wrong attitude because sometimes they're never going to apologize to you. They're never. In fact, sometimes we have such hard feelings for someone that, that, that every time we see them, it gives us angst. We're in such, well, I can't believe this disagree. I can't believe they did this. Or I can't, do not let those things hold you back. Because you know what? Most of the time, the other person's not even thinking of you. And you, you see them and you get, oh, man, it drags you down into hell. The reality is we have to overcome those things. God wants us to overcome those things. And it's not as easy as I'm making it sound. It is a battle. Because the enemy puts a hook there. And every time we see that person, the enemy pulls on that memory, pulls on that hook. And we have to say, dear Jesus, I forgive that person. Cleanse me from those thoughts. Then we have to say, dear Jesus, I repent of allowing that person to have a hold upon me. And we have to repent of that. And then we have to say, say, dear Jesus, I want to think good the next time I see that person. We need to, we need to work at it. And if the next time you see that person, you're brought back into that point of disagreement, that's, that's where you're going to stay. You have to let it go. Let it go. And it's hard work. But the good thing is God wants to help us in that work. God wants to bring us beyond that work. Do not let disagreements destroy relationships in our lives. There's an old story about, about two monks in Asia. They both took a vow of, of, of not talking to women, not touching women. They took a vow, no women, X. Couldn't do anything with women. And they were traveling to another monastery on a very rainy, stormy day in Asia. And they come to a river that, that usually is just a trickle. And they come to a river and they have to, to go across the river. And, and, and the water is really high. And there is a, a, a grandmother and a granddaughter on the side of the river going in the same direction uh, for market. And, and they, they are not able they can't figure out how to get across the river. And one of the monks comes 
and, and greets the women and picks up the grandmother and carries her across the river, puts her down, goes back, and gets the granddaughter and carries her across the river, and he goes on his way. And this happened in the morning. That night they had to camp because it was a long journey to the next monastery. They, they set up camp, and, 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 and the other monk says, Brother, I have something against you. I cannot believe that you just broke your vow and touched those women. And the, the monk looked at him and he said, you know what? I put those women down on the other side of that river. But you've held them in your mind all day long. And this is sometimes with our disagreements and our issues that we have with other people is we have to put them down and not hold them in our minds. We need to let them go. Let them go. It's interesting. In Paul's uh, later work in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.11, this is what Paul says. This is so cool when you read this whole story. It says, 2 Timothy 4.11 says, Mark, bring him with you for his useful to me in ministry. So here, in the end, Paul is given instruction. And in Timothy, he, he, this is, he's in jail. You know, he's in chains at this time. And Paul is writing this letter and saying, bring John Mark with you. Because he is useful in ministry to me. Not longer, don't bring, he's, he's, not, he's let go of the quitter idea. He's like, John Mark is useful in ministry to me. Bring him, bring him. So we see, if we look at just this passage in Acts, we say, well, you know, they're, they're not getting along. We see that they did get along. And somewhere along the line, they put that burden down and moved on. Do not, do not allow disagreements destroy relationships, especially in the church of God, especially in the church of God. Man, did you guys see the new signs out here? They look, you didn't see the new sign? Okay, if you, well, not on the street. There's no sign on the street. There's just an empty hole in the, where the wind blew things away. In the foyer, there's a new sign. If you would come out the double doors and you would look right where um, the coat rack used to be, beautiful sign, you know, and it, it talks about us being a family on mission, a Christ Center family on mission. And today, we need to know that we have mission. I have a mission. And it has nothing to do with me coming up here and, 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 and stepping up on the platform. I have a mission every day in my home. I have a mission every day when I go to work. I have a mission every day when I come home from work. I have a mission in my neighborhood.
And I need to not be derailed. I need to go forward. I have a mission every day. You have a mission every day. You have a mission every day in your family. You have a mission every day in your workplace. If you're home raising children, you have a mission. We have a mission together. We cannot allow disagreements to, to separate us from that mission. Now, there are times when people disagree that they, they have to separate. Do not allow that or even think that, that there's any less kingdom growth happening because of it. Often when separation happens, it's because God wants to bring a new circle, a new mission, a new thing. And so today, as we get ready and close, I want us just to, to think of our lives and think of these areas. Have you allowed a disagreement to derail, derail what God is calling you to do? Have you allowed people's opinion of you keep you from what God is calling you to do? Have you allowed some disagreement to wreck relationships. In Sunday school today, we talked about Philippians. So I want to close by reading Philippians 4.8. This was Paul. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your time. I thank you, Lord, as we look through the scripture today and we look at this disagreement, that this time in scripture is, is not an end time, but it's a refreshing time. It's a a renewing time. It's a restarting time. It's a... It's like a bump that, that, that led to two missions teams and not just one. And God, I just pray in our lives that we would follow Paul and Barnabas' example. Agree to disagree and go forward. God.